The following podcast is presented by Ensign Services, Inc., a company engaged in the business of providing contracted for administrative and back office type support services to post-acute healthcare clients. Ensign Services provides accounting, human resources, compliance, legal, risk management, information technology, training, construction support, and other such miscellaneous services to its clients. These contracted for services are available to be utilized at the sole discretion of its clients. References within the podcast to the company and its activities, as well as the use of the terms we, us, its, our, and similar terms used during the discussion are not meant to imply that Ensign Services, Inc. or the Ensign Group, Inc. has any direct operational control, supervision, or direction of the independently operated post-acute healthcare entities. All right, uh, Clay, well, welcome. Uh, good to good to see you again. Uh, it's been just ages been since I've seen seconds. you. My gosh, it's been like, uh, I hope you had a great Christmas and a good New Christmas, Year, because right. all those things have already happened right. now, because it's that's the true. future. It's now the future. Yeah, well, I got a brand new Lamborghini for Christmas. Wow, that's amazing. I think if I say it on this podcast, it, it will come happen. true. <laughs> well, it has to have, because otherwise the, the, you'll break down the whole time travel Actually, thing. I, is gonna I, I not apart. only couldn't afford a Lamborghini, I couldn't afford to maintain yeah, a Lamborghini. Yeah, you would, you would, yeah <laughs> so I agreed. don't want one of those. Agreed. Agreed. Well, let's go ahead and um, jump into our third and final podcast on our good to great that we're covering. Yeah. Uh, We most recently finished with um, talking about creating a culture of discipline and some good uh, ideas uh, on what you can do to help create that culture of discipline and things to be wary of. Um, Let's go ahead and and jump into a a new part of the book today. And and really, let's get into my area of expertise. That was me cracking my knuckles. Boring. Yeah. Um, I was preparing the knuckle crack just for that. That was not a special effect. That was true knuckle cracking <laughs> happening. What does good to great say about the power of technology and the role that it plays? I'm yeah. sure it's a gigantic yeah, role right. that it plays. So, it's everything. No, I mean, it plays a role. Okay. Uh, I, look, one of the big things they saw is that good to great organizations, so so listen to this carefully, they, they were able to avoid the fads that typically arise from new technology. Hey, all these companies are getting this. Right. We right. better jump on the bandwagon, right? right? Happens all the time. But they were pioneers in the application of carefully selected technologies. Got it. So they weren't again the fox and the hedgehog, right? They weren't like, oh, let's try, oh, let's try that. <laughs> right. No, let's just try this one. This seems like a good solid one. And and so basically, they said that they used technology. This this was the key phrase that I always remembered as an accelerator of momentum, but not to create it. It wasn't like, we're going to use this technology and this is going to solve all of our problems. It was, we're on this path and we think this technology can really help us on this path. Technology was never their savior, but it helped them with momentum they already had. They... That's always how, you know, it's always good to know when when we think of some form of technology, if we think it's going to solve all of our problems. Right. Like, that's a... (laughs) That's a fallacy. There's a problem in, in how we're thinking of things. In essence, they give this advice. Don't overreact to new technology. Mediocre companies overreact motivated mainly by the fear of what they don't understand. But everybody else is doing it. Right. I did this once. I, I ran Ragnar, and I was I was in my little segment of the race, and, and I was running, and I, I wasn't sure if I was supposed to turn right uh-huh. at this one place, and five people were going the other way, but I thought I saw a sign that said turn right, and I followed the five people the other way because they were doing it, and <laughs> oh, turns no. out they were going oh. the wrong way, and I had to run an extra mile on oh, that 10-mile no. leg. Ugh. And yeah, it was... That was Brutal. <laughs> that like totally destroyed me psychologically. <laughs> they don't, you know, don't 
be motivated by the fear of what you don't understand or what everybody else is doing right. or a fear of watching others hit it big while they're left behind. Um, this this is really what happened, if you remember, in the 90s during the, the tech bubble yep. where companies kept moving from one tech scheme to the next and always reacting, never pioneering. And it all just eventually came crashing down. Yeah, right? it was, that was crazy. I was uh, consulting back then, and, and yeah. the amount of equipment that people purchased and yeah. that they couldn't then pay for because they went out sure of business was, it was it incredible and... for companies yeah. that were doing okay. You were buying equipment on the cheap from those poor companies. So, yep. yeah, I, that was that was a great example. It actually led to a technological revolution because all of that equipment, I mean, the, the lines that were laying across the Atlantic Ocean now provides for this very cheap yep. communication <laughs> that we have today. Exactly. So technology is an Accelerator, not a creator, yes, and I can I, I can live with that. Okay. It's still important. We Sorry. we agree, um, but it's definitely an accelerator, and I do I do agree with that. I do agree. I do agree with that. And I hear people using um, a lot the term "pushing the flywheel." Yeah, or, you know, you know the flywheel. Yeah, the, or term, the flywheel right? is moving. Um, yeah. Let's let's jump into the concept of the flywheel and my favorite term, the doom the loop. Doom the loop. Doom that needs loop. to be said with like whoa, whoa, whoa. special effects, <laughs> lightning the and thunder. So when we see what they studied, when they saw good to great transformations, sometimes they said they would look dramatic from the outside, like, wow, this company just did this and what an amazing switch of Netflix or, or whatever it may be. But from the inside, they said they feel very organic and cumulative. We see the results from the outside, but they know the thousands of hours that went into creating that breakthrough that led to the results. We might see uh, Tesla as this incredible breakthrough of, a, of an auto organization. There was a lot of buildup <laughs> right. and research and right. development that, sure. that goes into it. So this, this is sort of the concept of the flywheel. And they learned that in these good to great transitions, there wasn't some launch event or name for their transformation, mm -hmm. ribbon-cutting ceremonies. Mm. There was no mm. miracle moment. Yeah, that's surprising to hear that, yeah. So so that's that's what that's they cool. learned, and, and the example they give is a flywheel. And so he says this. He says, imagine an enormous flywheel, a massive disc mounted horizontally on an axle, measuring 30 feet in diameter, 2 feet in thickness, and 5,000 pounds in weight. Right? Like, I can't even bench press that. Okay? <laughs> so, 5,000 pounds. Not I'll, anymore. I'll not only anymore. Only half that. <laughs> so, in order to get the flywheel moving, you have to push it. Like, imagine right. trying to push a wheel like that. It's going to be frustrating. It's For gonna, sure. So, your consistent efforts may only move it a few inches at first. Over time, however, it starts to speed up. And it becomes easier to move the flywheel. It rotates with increasing ease because it's being carried by the momentum that you used when you were pushing so heavily before. The breakthrough comes when the wheel's own heavy weight does the bulk of the work for you, almost with unstoppable force. Now you're just, I mean, I know nobody can see me right I now, know. but you can I, see I my motions. I love it when we <laughs> gesticulate. But, but now you're just sort of like a, I don't know, I don't see merry-go-rounds anymore very much, but we used to have I those where we get yeah. friends dizzy yeah. oh, on totally, them and stuff. Totally. And you, you just start, it's hard could, at yeah. first, but then you start spinning them until somebody throws up or falls <laughs> off and breaks an arm. Yeah, yeah, I um, remember. That's sort of the flywheel. So he said each of the good to great companies experience the flywheel effect in their transformations. The, the first efforts in each transformation 
were almost imperceptible. You know this. If you're running an operation or you're trying to turn an operation, you feel like you're working so hard <laughs> and you are seeing very little results and you're thinking, what the heck? Like, what am I going to do here? If I'm if I'm training for, let's say I'm uh, bariatric and I'm wanting to run a marathon or do, and I start eating right and I start exercising, I might see very few results at the beginning and that gets really frustrating for me but if I stick with it, the momentum starts to build, right? So so over time with consistent, disciplined actions, each company was able to build on its momentum. That buildup led to a breakthrough, right? and the momentum they built was then able to sustain their success over time. And and these companies, and, and I'm going to quote this, these, these companies understood a simple truth, and it was this. Tremendous power exists in showing how disciplined action leads to results. This is sort of the four disciplines of execution that we talked about in a, a, a recent prior podcast. Tremendous power exists in showing how disciplined action, if you do X, Y, and Z, mm -hmm. it will lead to these results. Then if you point to those tangible accomplishments, mm -hmm. look, we kept having these reviews. <laughs> right. Now, look, our turnover has decreased. Or look, we, we improved our orientation program. Now our 90-day turnover has improved. So, so point to the tangible accomplishments, however incremental at first, and celebrate those. Now this brings our core values celebration. Mm -hmm. People will see and feel that momentum. Okay, we haven't arrived. Yeah, right. <laughs> the flywheel isn't spinning but it's moved. It's moved. <laughs> right. We did something. That's We've cool. got to celebrate that. Point that out. Uh, enthusiasm will grow. I, I love this quote by Chris McChesney from the book uh, Four uh, no, Four Disciplines of, of Execution. There's so many numbers. I know, that's too many numbers Five involved in the book. Exactly. Team, four Disciplines of Execution. Three signs, Three signs of a miserable, miserable job. job and a partridge <laughs> in a pear tree. Okay. So, so this is what he says. He says, nothing is more motivating than belonging to a team of people who know the goal and are determined to get there. Yeah, that's very if your team so know true. the example we used was JFK. The space program was losing to the Russians and he says, "We are going to put a man on the moon by the end of this decade and bring them home safely." There was a time constraint, there was a specific achievement that needed to be had, and then they set these lead measures of okay, we've got to have this, the launch piece, and we've got to have the right. landing piece, right. and we've got to have this piece and 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 they celebrated the incremental growth and this is the flywheel effect. Uh, and a leader can let the flywheel do the talking rather than giving rousing speeches. Right. Right? right. Show the right. score. Guys, we did this. Here's the score now. Right. Boom. Mic drop. I don't need to give any rousing <laughs> speeches. I don't have to do any ribbon cutting ceremonies. The goal almost sets itself because people want to be a part of that winning team. Now, that's a great explanation of the flywheel. Thank you. So that's that's the first half of the question. Yeah. The I'm next sorry, is get to your favorite part. What is the doom? It's the opposite of the flywheel. <laughs> got it. Got it. Thank you. All right. And our next question. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this is what they discovered in comparison companies. So instead of a quiet, deliberate process of figuring out what needed to be done and then doing it. The doom loop, the non-good to great companies, they launched new programs loudly with ribbon cutting ceremonies, getting everyone really excited. We mm. will name this initiative the <laughs> da da da, and this, and we're getting started today. Do, do, can you see right, that difference? Totally. 
instead of okay we're going to push there's no announcement right, right. we're going to push and we're going to we're going to really and we're going to show the results and the the effects of the lead measures on the lag measures this is a an event right <laughs> all right and right. i'm not i'm not you know we've done ribbon cutting events but but to understand that what happens is they have these events without having pushed the flywheel yet, and then they see these programs fail to produce sustained results. And so they push the flywheel in one direction, and when they didn't see enough of the results, they stop and they change course. Oh, let's try pulling it in the other direction. Maybe mm-hmm. we need to be pulling it. I've done this with <laughs> like with right. with strip screws. Right. I, maybe I'm going the wrong way, and then, and then I just destroy <laughs> and then the it's thing destroyed, right. because I've tightened it, and right. then, and and, it, and it's just a disaster. Done that a few times so, myself. And and that becomes that that process gets repeated continually. That becomes very discouraging. As somebody who has built a lot of IKEA furniture, right, right. Let me tell you, it's very frustrating. That's that's my carpentry experience as IKEA. But but after years of lurching back and forth, these companies failed to build sustained momentum, and so they fall into what they call the doom loop because they don't stick with that flywheel. There, it's the fox. Oh, I'm going to try something else. I'm going to go behind that bush. I'm going to instead of the hedgehog of of staying focused on your hedgehog concept. Hmm. So. Here's how you know, for example, if you're if you're pushing the flywheel. Uh, you know, let, let's differentiate the, the, these things. So one, if you're following a pattern of buildup that leads to breakthrough, you know you're pushing the flywheel. If you're somebody that's willing to confront brutal facts to see what steps must be taken to build momentum, right? Okay, I'm not I'm not seeing a brutal fact and say, oh well, maybe we should push it the other way. Right, right. I'm confronting those brutal facts and saying, okay, how do we how get do over it? Yeah. Am I do I have that that unwavering resolve, uh, right. that professional will? Again, now we're back to level five leaders to to see what has to be taken to to build that momentum. If you are consistent with a clear hedgehog concept, staying within those three circles. If it's not in those three circles, I don't spend time on it. If you're good at that, you're. If you're constantly changing, well, maybe we should try this. Maybe maybe we did change this unit, or or maybe that's what. Then then you might be a little bit of the fox instead of the hedgehog. If you follow the pattern, and this is a little bit of a summary of what we've been talking about. If you follow the pattern of disciplined people, disciplined thought, and disciplined action, then you're pushing the flywheel. If you're obsessed with the first who, then what and and uh, having the discipline to say no to the wrong people. If you harness the appropriate technologies to your hedgehog concept to accelerate momentum, but aren't jumping after every fad, hmm. then you're probably a pushing the flywheel, flywheel pusher, right? <laughs> Maybe that's not doesn't sound good. Pusher is not good, is it? Pusher of the flywheel. Pusher of the flywheel. Cut. No, just kidding. All right. Uh, if you spend little energy trying to motivate or align people, this one's interesting to me. If you're, if you're doing a self-assessment right mm-hmm. now, ask yourself how much time you spend trying to motivate or align people. It's a good. It's a great question. If you feel like you are a constant cheerleader on a box and so exhausted that you're not able to motivate people, you're probably not allowing the momentum of the flywheel mm-hmm. to take shape. You're probably, please, please go back to the uh, four disciplines of execution. You've probably not identified your wildly important goal uh, 
figured out what your lead measures are to act on to to achieve that lag measure you're probably not showing the score in a in a in a fun almost celebratory way and you probably don't have a solid cadence of accountability to build that flywheel i really feel like those four disciplines yeah. of execution tie perfectly in with the flywheel agreed agreed and and if you're trying to spend a lot of time motivating because the green and clean is not motivating your people you are failing to lead the way that good to great <laughs> right. and Stephen Covey and and all these uh, and and Mr. Green and Clean uh, you know tell us how to lead. And then if you if you are pushing the flywheel, you you sort of maintain that consistency over time, which makes sense, right? That makes you're sense. just you're the hedgehog, right? You're not getting <laughs> right. distracted by the, right. hey, I'm going to try and climb that tree right. or hey, I'm going to try and outrun the fox. Nope, roll into a ball. <laughs> do Here what it you goes do again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So now the doom loop. The okay. opposite. Okay. All right. So the doom loop is everything I just said, it's going to be the opposite. Okay. You find yourself skipping buildup, hoping to jump right to breakthrough. Okay. It's like, I just want to be ready to run the marathon. <laughs> right. Just I'm just going to go do the marathon. Yeah. And and expecting to do really well. Right. Expecting to crush it. Yeah. I did that. I, I did that with a half marathon once and I didn't train. Well, you run and, pretty regularly. So I, I, but I, I didn't at that time. Okay. Okay. And so I, and I could, I mean, I'm still young and I, I ran a half marathon with some friends. I was like, yeah, I did the next day. Could not move. <laughs> like destroyed. I had never been in some, I was like, oh my gosh, that was so, so if you're, if you're skipping all the buildup phases and the pushing and confront, and you're just trying to get right to that breakthrough right. with a, with a ribbon cutting ceremony and a big announcement, then you're probably in, in the doom loop. If you are trying to implement big programs Radical change efforts and dramatic revolutions uh, and, and chronic restructuring. Mm. If you're cause, okay, no, let's do, okay, no, that didn't work out. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're everywhere. You're, you're ADD, right? And, yeah. and not focusing on your hedgehog. If you embrace fads rather than confronting the brutal facts, mm. you're in the doom loop. If you demonstrate chronic inconsistency, lurching back and forth and, and straying outside the hedgehog circles, if you jump right into action, this this is one of my problems. You jump right into action without disciplined thought or first getting the right people on the bus. I'm a little bit impetuous. Yeah. I think that's the right thing to do. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Let's go yeah. do it. Yeah. Maybe I should have run this by. Maybe, did I build my team? Did I, did I am I <laughs> am I building a house people. of cards? Right. Or am I am I building a solid foundation, which right. really will feed into our our annual meeting theme of of establishing that foundation of of the right first two. Do you spend a lot of energy trying to align and motivate people, rallying them around new visions? And are you selling the future to compensate for the results on the present? Hmm. I know it's bad, but hmm. we're going to be great. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? If if we're really good, we're going to be able to find those little wins and show that score and and consistently. And, and again, that motivates people. Like... I don't need a coach that's like you can do it, Clay. You, I need to you see the see scoreboard, that we're doing, right? And I need to see, hey, we're winning, or right, we're catching right, up, right? Or we're making we progress. can do this. That's what motivates me way more. I, no offense, former cheerleaders. It wasn't the cheerleaders on the side dancing in pom poms. It was the scoreboard that motivated me. Yeah, yeah, which makes sense. And that's how we need to be as leaders, not the cheerleader, the scoreboard. So uh, let me quote the book, okay? Um, because. Jim Collins is smarter than Clay. It says, when I look over the good to great transformations, the one word that keeps coming to mind is consistency. Hmm. 
that that consistency and that's true greatness greatness really is a combination of a lot of really simple things done consistently mm-hmm. like my son plays on his basketball team and mm-hmm. he take he's able to make some pretty tough shots and i said but that shouldn't be your bread and butter shot until you can make it consistently <laughs> right. Shaquille O'Neal wasn't great at making incredible shots. Right. He was just really consistent at dunking it at, at a high his percentage. Shots in. Right, exactly. <laughs> his shots went, he was consistent, not his free throws. His shots were consistent, right? So so each of those things there's a there's a, a book by Dan Chambliss, uh, and I can't think of the name of it, but it's a study on competitive swimmers. Mm-hmm. And he and he says that greatness isn't anything in and of itself like an incredible accomplishment it's a lot of things done very well consistently hmm. so i need to learn to be consistent in my hiring process and i'm going to focus on that and get really good at it and then in my onboarding i'm going to be really good and i'm going to practice that and then once i've done that consistently i don't have to focus on it anymore because it's natural right the flywheel's moving it's going to continue yeah, to be consistent it's- you know uh uh john morant I, I guess i should use the basketball player more no although he's probably the best in the nba right now that's my little tidbit uh <laughs> but but a well-known name lebron james doesn't have to focus as much on dribbling anymore although cuz he can just travel and they don't call it on him but but he doesn't <laughs> have to focus on dribbling because that's sort of just easy for him now. Now the next thing he's developing is a lot further on. And once you become really good and consistent in a lot of things, that's when greatness comes. Hmm. So you have to figure out what is the thing I'm going to become consistently good at and then I can leave that and go to the next thing. What's my wig? All of them together, consistently implemented that achieves greatness. And that, that really seems like the key uh, consistency, like you said, yeah. in, in sports and in, in work and in life and our relationships with people. Just because you can do it. <laughs> it's can you do it Can you do it consistently? Correct. That's yeah. uh, that's so true. Um, you know, be where you say you're going to be, do what you say you'll do, yeah. uh, and continue to act that way consistently. Um, that's that's where greatness comes from. It's true in our relationships. Right, it's true absolutely. In our, you know, in our parenting and in, personal in lives, work lives, just yeah, friends, look, family. Here's here's how I'll end. Um, we live. I mean, we started off the first podcast with with so few people become great because good is too easy. Mm-hmm. We live in a world of mediocrity. Yeah, uh, of people constantly asking the question, "How little can I do to be acceptable?" <laughs> you know, one of the <laughs> no, examples I, you, I, I, I talk. Right? Uh, you remember in school? Oh yeah. Is this going to be on the right. test? <laughs> exactly. That's the only question that's. What important. are we really asking? The, there? What's the minimum amount of work I need to do yeah. to pass? Yeah, I. It's a funny question. Like, on the test? That's I a great don't way really to want that. to have to learn this. <laughs> right. But if you're going to check me on this, that I, will. I will do it. <laughs> I will. Instead of and I and I'll I'll use this. I don't anybody get mad at me, but it is a Bible story, and it's it's uh you know it's it's become sort of a uh, a parable that is used a lot and it's it's the the it leads to the parable of the uh, uh, Good Samaritan which okay. a lot of people have known that right there's Samaritan hospitals mm-hmm. and this is what it all comes from but but it's the the whole story of that comes from the question where where someone is saying to someone else hey just love your neighbor yeah right love your neighbor and the next question that is asked is, 
well, who's my neighbor? <laughs> and think about that. That's a that's a is this going to be on the test question? Right. Who's my <laughs> who's neighbor? The what they're really asking is, well, love. who don't I have to <laughs> right, love? Exactly. Or who do I have <laughs> right. to love? And then he tells a story. And, and cool. the interesting thing is the story doesn't answer that question. I think it answers the question that that he said he was thinking they were supposed to ask. But we are people that just we just want to do the minimum amount. And that's why there's so few that becomes great. It's too easy and comfortable to be good. But I love the question. I want you to think about this. If you were to die tomorrow, would you still be fighting for the things that you're fighting for today? Would they be? We are trying to become great in a field that really matters to this world. And I love the battle that we're in and I love who I'm fighting the battle with. And I I love this idea that we are trying to take an industry that has not been seen with any dignity and we want to be the first good to great company that dignifies long-term care in the eyes of the world. And I think we can do it by living these principles. Yeah, agreed. Thank you for really diving into the book. And and I agree. I've been here for, gosh, about 15 years now. Yeah. And I can't uh, imagine. Since you were seven, right? I know, since at least I may have been six. I don't know. It's yeah. tough to say. But um, yeah, I, I can't imagine doing anything um, differently. I just the, the, who we're fighting with and what we're what we're trying to achieve together is, is pretty inspiring to me. So uh, thank you, Clayton. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you.